Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. One for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller & Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in, Miller and Condon, on a football Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple of hours talking mostly, all, entirely football. I think that's probably on the agenda today. Isn't Might it? sneak a few other things in there, Very but yeah. Few. Oh, we got a game seven tonight we in basketball, do. which should be fun, although you'll be at a high school stadium. Johnson Dowling, your game tonight, if you, uh, you'll you replay the game, mm-hmm. getting underway uh, at 11 o'clock. The BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this here this morning. Bottom of the first hour of the program, uh, Bama Bob will slide on in here. We don't have a lot of games to take a look at, but uh, we will indeed spend some time looking at the slate of games, mostly ACC. Big 12 to catch our attention. Again, not a lot of them, but some of them. Uh, So we'll take a look nationally, as we always do with Bama on Friday, uh, to start the guest list here today. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs. The Chiefs uh, looks like you haven't missed a beat. Actually, he might have got better. Edwards Hilaire is going to be a pain in the you-know-what. He was unbelievable last night. The Chiefs roll uh, over a Houston team that I'm not so sure that this team is anywhere what they were not uh, last year. Anyways, we'll get into that. Dave Sproul covers Iowa State. He'll lead off the 11 o'clock hour, K-A-S-I. Uh, Tom Caker will be here. We'll spend a few minutes with Tom, get the latest. Is there isn't there going to be a vote this weekend? Uh, Teddy Greenstein and uh, Nicole Auerbach, some folks that are... And I'm I'm not minimizing bloggers and this Sir Yacht guy, uh, but uh, folks that uh, write for publications uh, have confirmed, I guess, what uh, Yacht's been putting out there, although he puts it out every day. One of these days will be right. But apparently there might be a meeting this weekend as the Big Ten tries to play. At least some schools are crossing their fingers that they're trying to play uh, at some point in October. I think October 10th is probably out the window, but we shall see. And then Claxon's giveaway before we do our picks, our yearly contest. Trent and I go head-to-head for nothing. Um, (laughs) Just for the love of the game. Bragging rights. Bragging rights. And you hold them this year. I back to defend my crown. How about that? I like it. Indeed. So were the Chiefs last night, Trent. Just real quick. Disappointing to hear some of the fan base at Arrowhead mm-hmm. who thought that this was a perfect opportunity to prove that they haven't uh, taken any steps forward. Uh, and boo, a moment of unity. A moment of unity uh, was worthy of a boo. I don't understand it, but that's the world that we live in. Um, and here we are. Yeah, I, I was... Not only disappointed, I, I was very surprised. And in fact, I, I looked over and asked my wife, are they really booing? Yes, they, they, they really were. I mean, I, I wondered, is it audio off? Because they're going out together in a, in a show of unity. For, it, it just, about a minute. 
but it delayed the game for about a minute. Uh, I don't get it, Trent. No. Um, and for those of you who haven't turned your dial, we're going to get into football. Yes, yes, I'm going to do that right now. So the you last night, how did you do gambling-wise, first of all, on football? I got clubbed pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. First night back, and it felt normal because it was not good <laughs> last night. Uh, started, I told you, I just I thought the line was off. And I told you by the end of the third quarter, I'm probably going to be feeling stupid. <laughs> yep. At the end of the third quarter, I was feeling pretty stupid. Though there was a chance of maybe a backdoor cover yeah, there. Yeah, there was a little bit, right? Uh, window was at least uh, a mm-hmm. crack open and had the opportunity. Didn't happen there. How about the decision after the onside kick? Great return on the onside yeah, kick. Yeah, it was. And then to kick the field goal there instead of just keeping the Texans yeah. pinned deep. If you got that number, I know it was at 53 and a half at a couple of yeah, places. Yeah, and you know what? Why wouldn't Al Michaels refer to that? In, oh, he did? Because yeah. earlier he didn't. Him and, him and Collinsworth were, because uh, what was Michael said, all right, uh, 51 right now, and Collinsworth starts laughing and said, well, why are you mentioning that, no, Al? that's what I'm referring to. I didn't think that he came right out and said the total, it, though. It wasn't outright, but Right, was, that's what yeah. I would, yeah. Um, because I was disappointed that he didn't mention it for crying out loud. But you knew exactly yeah, where he was did, going. Yeah. But you know, you don't have to, you know, talk. Um, but that's the way Michael's he, has I always guess. been, and no need to change your style now, I right? Guess, Even yeah, with the legalization true. of sports wagering, he'll still, and I would still guess the NFL doesn't want games mm. to be talked about at that level. I the would NFL guess the NFL has sports books in some oh, of their stadiums. They do, but they still and more to come. It, it's. It's not the darkened corners, but it's doesn't got a bright light. The light's in that not corner. fully on. Is that <laughs> right, what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. It's on dim they, right they now. They got the dimmer switch going, okay. and it's yeah, up a little that's bit. Probably a good way to look at it. That's probably. And, and I'm going to guess that still broadcasters are asked not to outright continually harp on those kind of points. Well, I think that was the case last year in College of Memory serves. They were asked to temper it a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, but. Um, yeah, anyways. Oh, look at uh, Kansas City, Trent. Uh, the beat goes on. Edwards Hilaire is going to be an unbelievable. That's all the Chiefs need is another offensive weapon. They clearly have that. Andy Reid's play calling uh, was uh, took another step forward. Mm-hmm. Not that he needed to. That screen to Kelsey where everybody's going in the other direction. And then, boom, there's Kelsey sitting there. Uh, comes off his block and uh, very quickly is um, you know just, just finds himself wide open. Picks up a first down easily. Uh, they're so good. Uh, conversely, Houston, boy, Will Fuller better stay healthy, Trent, because this team, whoo, Deshaun Watson doesn't have a lot of weapons. I know he did a lot of damage through the air yardage wise. Mm-hmm. And how about that picture of him and Mahomes sitting on the Chiefs bench when Watson ran out of bounds, sat down beside his buddy? Uh, that, that was pretty good. But um, look, the NFL was back. It was fun. I thought that looking at the stand at the stands at Arrowhead Stadium and seeing the, I think it was fifteen plus they announced. Yep. Just shy of 16,000. I'm wondering why every stadium can't do that, Trent. You're right. using uh, you're using the upper deck. You're using the end zone. You're using the lower bowl, obviously. It seemed to me uh, that what we're going to see in some cities this weekend, and we saw last night at Hard Rock Stadium, if you watched the Miami game, uh, UAB, there weren't a lot of people there. I don't think that that number cracked 10,000, but they put some, and no students were allowed. Oh, really? No students were allowed in the uh, at Hard Rock last night to watch Miami as the U unveiled a new quarterback new old quarterback but um i anticipate that very quickly we're going to 
turn the spricket on a little bit. Right. Obviously, we're not going to go. Well, Jerry Jones might. And, and we've seen, I think the Browns were at like, it was under 10,000, I think, that they're going to allow in in their first home game. Jacksonville will have fans. A lot won't. Denver won't have anybody on Monday night. U.S. Bank will not have anybody in there. And While well, George Floyd's family is going to be there. Now, they might be in a okay. I saw that this morning, that the Vikings have invited the Floyd family to the game. But in terms Sunday. of fans right. paying tickets, those kind of people aren't going to be there. I think that'll change, Trent. I, I think you're I right. I think you can see it, and when you visualize it, oh, okay, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this goes back on such a smaller level, but first time I saw the social distancing at high school baseball and softball games this summer. How's that going to work? How's that going to look? And then you see it, oh, okay, that's the way that it's done, mm-hmm. and you go that route, and it becomes pretty simple after that. I think you're exactly right, though. We've seen colleges now for a couple of weeks. They've been doing it. Yep. We don't have hospitalizations. We don't have bodies laying on the ground. That You can still do it. Mask up, go to the game if you yep. feel comfortable with it, and we will continue to go from there. Kind of, It goes back to our question we ended the show with yesterday, how many people oh, will be in, in attendance yeah. for the Super Bowl. That number certainly, maybe even after last night, continues to grow in my mind what we're going right. to see. Yeah, we could. You, could. you could be right. It could be more than the 50. I think that's where we left it yesterday, but we shall see. We've got a time between now and February to zero in a little bit. So you were going back to the draft. You said the Chiefs are going to get, before the first round, they're going to get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and mm-hmm. and you're not going to be happy about it. Right, I'm still not. And I'm kind of... Eh. Neither Raiders fans this morning or Chargers fans, or actually any team in the AFC. Any team in football. Right. <laughs> As they look across and see that dynasty continue to build. Watched a lot of them. Very talented uh-huh. guy at LSU. LSU's always had talented but, uh, guys. But you're right. They're all, he's overshadowed there because there's so many guys. Burroughs threw him for 60 touchdowns, yes. and... How does he translate? I'm not exactly sure. Mm-hmm. Is this just a flavor of the day kind of guy that came out of nowhere? And then watching him last night, mm-hmm. and even during camp, and, and all this buzz that's happened, I told you he was a first-round pick and pretty much everybody's fantasy draft this year. I wasn't a big believer. Didn't get to see it in the preseason, obviously. Right. And then watching him last night, the touchdown run alone, mm-hmm. just foot in the ground, yep. accelerate forward. Yep. But the way that he is built the way that he plays his cat tackle too. pass catching ability uh-huh. for what they do i didn't think it was all right another running back in fact i felt like it was a stretch because they needed help defensively and now you look at that mm-hmm. how dynamic he's going to be rookie contract for the next 4 or 5 years ah, yes another weapon for patrick mahomes he, he is a different level that i anticipated he was going to be you're right on this one Give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah, oh, great. <laughs> Watch him in the in the, the AFC West for the uh, next who knows how long. Um, but yeah, he's he's off on the right foot. And fantasy players that draft him in the right round or the first round rather got to be feeling pretty good about their choice. There's so many weapons on that football team, Trent. I know they had some injuries yesterday, uh, but this looks like a team that. Man, oh man, if they get past week three, you know, I'm not even going to go there. It's week one. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, but you're already, you're already looking at the 16 to know? Yeah, and then conversely, I started my day looking at, you know, is there a team that can... Uh, the Brownies were the last team to go 0-16. Before that, it was with the Lions, the Lions right? Yeah. Um, might they join that? Uh, might they join that? Uh, those two teams? Maybe we'll see. Uh, but uh, NFL underway. You know what? Uh, um, surprisingly for me, and maybe you feel differently. I didn't notice sloppy play. There weren't a ton of penalties Mm-mm. in the football game. Don't think the Chiefs even had one in the first half. Is that you right? You know what? I don't know that, Trent. That's because I think there was the a false start stats. in the second half, and I think they mentioned 
Collinsworth maybe brought up that that was their first penalty of the game. Uh, they had one penalty. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and Houston had five, so only six uh, six flags in the in the game last night. Uh, Andy Reid's got to do something about his uh, his shield uh, <laughs> yes, because he does. that fogged up badly. Need some windshield wipers. Absolutely. I still can't wear. How do you wear glasses with your? Oh, mask? you can't. You, you can't. Can no, you? absolutely not. And it frustrates me to no end. Usually it's on the weekends. Get up, you know, right. run to Home Depot or something, and still have my glasses on instead of putting in my contacts uh-huh. and. Oh, jeez. I get out you and I can feel see. it right away. Right. And then so you got to do kind of this. You I just tip leave it down. in the car. You just leave it. Leave them in the car. See, I can't. I'm blind. I am absolutely blind without my glasses or contacts. So I can't do that. If I go into a store, I wouldn't be able to see anything. Mm-hmm. So I have to wear it. And it's incredibly, incredibly frustrating. Yeah, Andy Reid will get that figured out, though. I believe he will. Isn't there something where you just uh, you spray like some cooking spray on there and it's supposed to keep the fog yeah, away? Yeah, there's a number of uh, those home there's remedies, like those, if you will. Those Rain-X things you can buy uh-huh. for your windshield wipers that uh, also help beat it up. Yep. Maybe that would help, but he'll have something figured out. I, ho- I hope it turns out to be a windshield wiper, though. Oh, that'd be so hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you know, no. Some engineer in Kansas City's working on that right now, and, and we'll see the next game he's doing something like that. Well, I saw a TV commercial yesterday that actually instead of going you know from your forehead down uh-huh. you wear it kind of like a yoke and you move it up okay yeah so everybody's trying to capitalize yes. on this right if you came up with that idea you're um, running to the marketplace to try and uh, the time is now uh, the time is indeed now and hopefully it's not for, uh, for very much longer all right iowa state plays tomorrow uh 11 o'clock in the morning we had uh, uh good to talk to mike golick yesterday certainly appreciated that trent this um the Ragin' Cajuns in Iowa State, I think, has got a chance to be, as we've said all week, the most entertaining football game uh, of the uh, of the day tomorrow. And look, this is an Iowa State team under Matt Campbell. You know what? Even scratch off Matt Campbell. This is an Iowa State team that over the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, game one has not been kind to them. No. I mean, last year was triple overtime against Northern Iowa. We needed a fumble recovery to Absolutely. keep overtime alive. Two, was that two years ago? No, that was last. Was the, it the you and I? Yeah, was overtime it? game was that was last year. Okay, um, but you know that's that's been the case for this uh, for this squad. So we'll see. They better be ready tomorrow. I know Matt Campbell's gonna. Uh, we heard uh, Jamie Pollard on the podcast yesterday. By the way, did you listen to Pollard? I did. Yes. You know, it might have been the first podcast I've ever listened to, um, and it got a lot of buzz. And mm-hmm. you know, and then I um, Scott Knock called me and asked me if I'd listen to it, and um, so I did. <laughs> Yeah, Scott Knock works here for the Phils, and he was on McCarney's staff. He's a good friend. Um, the reason, main reason, you and I are here. Yes, yeah. Uh, as he went to bat for us, um, but it was. I'm glad I did. I mean, look at Jamie Pollard. <laughs> Pretty transparent. Not a, I you, give him credit. Trent. You don't see anybody no. in. I mean, not just academia, athletic departments. You don't see no. anybody in any walk of life that is that upfront. Mm-hmm. About the reasons that they do it when, when they brought up C.Y. Stevens. Yeah. That, that, I mean, it made me chuckle. He said, well, we weren't really going to shut it down, but he just wanted people to realize mm-hmm. and understand. But the way he was going scorched earth after well, the city the, of and, Ames. And the a city of Ames and the faculty hasn't taken a pay yes. cut. We haven't seen any faculty members take pay cuts. Matt Campbell's taken two. Everybody in my department's uh, taken, uh, take, had a haircut. Um, so. Yeah, was, I'm glad I listened to it. Yeah, glad very entertaining. Go, Absolutely. You can Come find it at Cyclone Fanatic and, and really, really good conversation there. But, well, we got a lot of Cyclone talk, and it's, I'm sorry, Hawkeye fans, this is the way it's going to be for the next month, two, three. Yeah. 
Cyclones are going to dominate the conversation. We are joined in studio by a couple of those cyclone talkers that will be on WHO tomorrow. Uh, But what, a a couple of hours after the game, an hour and a half after the game? Do we know? Do you guys know Heather Burnside, Emery Songer? Cyclone sound off on WHO all season long. After Learfield gets off the air, turn to WHO and you'll be able to hear Emery and Heather opine on the game and take a whole bunch of phone calls. What time? Four o'clock is kind Four of o'clock? what we're telling people. All right. So, Isn't PM. it, though, it's whenever Learfield goes yeah. off the air? Yeah. Right. Roughish. Or four, or, or 4 p.m. If we have another crazy week one game, we might be a little bit late on that. But um, 4 o'clock, we're excited for it. Good. And hopefully... We have good things to say and good things to talk about. It's, it's a, not a, not an easy spot, Heather Burnside, week number one. Iowa State, your Cyclones, uh, they could have found an easier opponent, but there wasn't a lot to choose from. So this can be a good test right off the bat. It will be. And I'm just, I, I think I was talking about this this morning. I have been in a state of disbelief of there, if there's going to be football, especially football that I care about. Right. And then it was like the Chiefs game last night finally got me to the point where I realized this is going to happen. Yeah, it took me all week as well. It took yeah. me until this week, rather, until I started to uh, uh, to buy into this. And uh, away we went last night in college football. First Power 5 team in action last night, Miami. I think that kind of solidified things for me that, uh, that, that it's here. So you guys go on the air at 4 o'clock. Mm. Um, phone calls? What do you, how, do you, how do you plan on? How are you going to kind of script the show if there is such a thing? Well, on Jethro's Barbecue, sound off. Typically during the Hawkeye season, Sound like it, an NASCAR driver. <laughs> well, the uh, the got to thank the sponsors. Yeah, the, the old little Kia Optima, you know, yeah, right. get them all four, in four, forty-seven and getting there. Uh, Heather's anyway. got her list next. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, callers are the backbone of the show. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to have analysis from from what we've seen and from our perspective, but we're going to have experts who see it from their own lens. I think Chris Williams is going to be joining us early on in the show. We're hoping to have uh, set former players. We're hoping to have broadcasters on throughout the. 10 games of the season, but it's really the the Cyclone fans and the football fans that are listening to the show that'll have the opportunity to call in with their thoughts on the game, win or lose, and just what and that's what it's called sound off. I mean, it really is just your natural reaction to what they have just seen from their football team and in the state of Iowa right now, I know there's going to be a portion of Hawkeye fans who are not interested in, in paying attention to Iowa State or rooting for them at all, but no, I think... they're going to root for the Raging Cajuns too. But there's who a, knows? This, we can right. hear from those people Absolutely. too. And that's and what I want. Right? I, I think that we could also maybe end up hearing from Hawkeye fans and their frustration that they have just witnessed a you know their main rival that they were supposed mm-hmm. to play mm-hmm. Play football instead of them. It's going to sink in this weekend. It really yeah. is. If it hasn't yet, if you it's... need it, if you need some place to vent about that, I suppose, <laughs> you know we can be there for that too. I guess. And it's, they, that's why calling, it's called sound off. They're just calling out a habit at this point. You know, it's just like yeah. you know, I would have called here anyway, and I just didn't want to break my routine. You know, so hopefully, hopefully, it's a good result for us to talk about though, because I'm not going to lie to you. The more I look at this raging Cajun team, the more I sweat. Honestly, you should. They're really good, yeah, and and they not just good, and a lot of offense has been talked about there, but their defense returns eight guys, eight starters from a year ago. That was a second ranked defense in the Sun Belt. I understand it's a Sun Belt, still a pretty good defense too. I, I want to get your guys' perspective on this. You're both Cyclone fans, mm. and all of us as fans, whatever your team is, we react differently. Heather, after a loss, mm. how do you react as a fan? How? How frustrated are you going to be? Is it it going to be ducks off of water back? How are you going to be when you get in here after a tough loss? 
Let's review, Trent. Um, I'm an Iowa State graduate. <laughs> I'm a Cubs fan. I'm a Bears fan. Oh, gosh. Where, where else can I go with So it? you're used to it, is I what you're saying. I have a lot of experience dealing with losing. So I'm okay. You're okay. I, okay. It's a little more... I, it, it gets... The better Iowa State gets and the higher the expectations, of course, the more frustrating it can get and the more emotion they're involved. And, you know, and even when Iowa State wasn't so great, but yet they would end up playing well and have a tough loss, it was, you know, you were just that kind of frustration. But now I think it's probably even more so that way. But otherwise, yeah, I have a long and extensive history of dealing with losing sports teams well so. I, I i echo all of her teams except i'm a white Sox fan mm-hmm. and there hasn't been a, a whole lot of winning on that end too it, it, that's the thing though that when you get in this business you get calloused to a lot of emotions not just the losing but also kind of the winning as well it, it's hard uh, i'm really enjoying watching the white Sox play baseball right it now but at the same time i'm not filled with the immediate emotions of oh we lost a game that hurts me so bad like I I would if I wasn't a broadcaster and I've seen so many sports and we're here to talk about what we see so I would echo that sentiment that it it doesn't necessarily affect my entire week Mm -hmm. as it would have in a previous life for me but at the same time this year feels different I'm gonna feel really sad if you lose to uh, TCU. Uh, I'm going to feel really sad if you lose to Baylor because if there was a year to be a, a cyclone, and we said this last year too, like last year there was a lot of expectations and that kind of helped callous me even more. When we losing to Baylor on the last second field, it was just like, okay, it's not really all that different, right? So this year, 10 games, big spotlight, opportunity for Iowa State to shine, not just in Iowa, but nationally, 15th in the rankings of the team that, that are playing. It would hurt to lose one or two early for sure. But it won't ruin my week. We're gonna we're gonna still be your soundboard. If you if you need to cry to us, we'll be stable enough to handle that. The vent line, the vent line. So uh, you're not doing non game day or non game day Saturday, like right. next week. Yeah, I'm not seeing that the. I mean, with I never understood why they made the boys come in and do that. Well, well I do on one hand. It's advertising. It's revenue. Right, and you know, there was a, always a full slate of football, including right. other games from your conference. Right. And every, I, I, I don't know. I no, we're not going to do it on off days, though. And I get why. There's going to be enough, you know, weirdness and frustration yeah. anyway. Without. So, what uh, fear factor level for you guys? Knowing that there's going to be no fans, there's going to be no fans in the parking lot after the game. There's going to be no fans jumping in their car, and WHO signals reaches all points of the state for the most part. Not folks driving home listening to you guys. When fans do come back, I anticipate your audience will grow, or am I all wet here? No, you know, if you don't think about that, you're not thinking about how radio works. I mean, that's one of the things that always drove sound off was the far reach of the station, um, the amount of people leaving Kinnick to drive back to all corners of the state where that, you know, signal reaches. But I also feel like uh, sports fans and college football fans have been they've had a lot of pent up things to get off their chest for a long time. So hopefully even if they're out of their normal routines, they will still be tuning in and uh, calling and. And sounding off. When will you, you know will. you've made it? When you hear from Cyclone Jerry or Mike and Waterloo or some of those hard... Denny and Clear Lake. Denny and Clear Lake, he's a good one. 
once these guys find the show and start calling in, you'll yeah, know I that guess. you've arrived. Right? <laughs> we were also talking about how much we're going to miss uh, Tommy from Des Moines. Yeah, yes. good point. Good point. Yeah. Staple. You know he would have been calling For in. For sure. One way or the other. He's a hawk, but he was a yep. hawk, but yep. he would have definitely found it. Well, Who's but, board hopping for you guys? Uh, Jake Williams. I don't know if you're familiar. I don't think Jake, I know him. Jake is doing uh, Simon's. Simon's producer, yeah. right? Simon Conway, not, uh, four to seven every weekday. And we've recruited him to be our guy for this maiden voyage mm-hmm. of Cyclone uh, Cyclone Sound Off, brought to you by Jethro's Barbecue. Uh, <laughs> he, he signed up. Because we told him there might be food, so oh, yeah. I, he was very into that idea. He's excited. He's a big football guy, um, and, and uh, he does good work with Simon. But uh, one thing that I really appreciate about him is that he's very practiced in the call screening. So maybe we can. He'll be like, "Oh, this guy's fired up. We need to get this guy in right away." So I'm hoping that you know his experience dealing with Simon's callers will help translate to getting the crazier calls up front and center for us on uh, Jethro's Barbecue Cyclone Sound. And the plan, Heather, this isn't going to be. A- one-off, right? This isn't just, well, we're just going to take this spot because I was not playing. Once Iowa comes back, this show's going to go away. That's not the plan. The plan is to move over here after WHO and the Hawks come back, right? Yes, and who knows? That could be, although we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, if the Big Ten is going to try it this fall, they'd better make up their minds. But yeah, even if Iowa were to come back and there would be competing Saturdays, it will. both shows will still happen. That's great. That's great. Well, guys, good luck. Honestly, um, how many hours? Two hours? Two hours. Two, Two hours. hours. Maybe Four not calls? going quite that late if it's a later kickoff. Oh, sure. Now, that's, you know a, good, that that's a good point, Heather, because sound off when, when Iowa would play at 7, it goes till 10, Learfield till midnight. The boys would have got on like at midnight. You, would you go before the game? Will you actually come in here if there's a, 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 a 7 o'clock kick? I think they did that before, but no, we'll, it, we're after the game only. Um, and again, because of these later kickoffs and people being out of their element, once again, you know, like those, some of those cyclone or the, the Hawkeye sound offs that would start, you know, really late at night, they would still be on the air for hours yeah. because of yeah. people still driving back from right. Iowa City. And the signal at night. A lot of them, the, the sobriety level would be <laughs> somewhat questionable. And you're, and you're picking up Illinois. Like all over the yeah. country. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. The signal goes all over the country tonight. Best of luck. Heather Burnside, Emery Songer, you guys Thanks. will do fine. Uh, tomorrow you'll get on the air at 4 o'clock. Yep. Keep it till about 6. Off next week and back when Big 12 play arrives. Bama Bob's going to arrive next. Miller and Condon until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO and 106.9. to noon. Mitch Holt is scheduled to join us, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's locked in every Friday at 10.50 with the exception of the Chiefs when they're on their bye week. So Mitch, uh, well, he said he'd be here in 20 minutes. We're going to hold him to that. Uh, We will recap the Chiefs' contribution by saying nothing. And I really, I took that about Bama Bob joins us every Friday as we go around some of the bigger games in the country. Kind of slim pickings this weekend, Bama. Maybe worse next weekend. But football is football. Before we get into the slate, Bama, uh, last night Miami played. I don't know. I don't want to say the U is back. The running game certainly looks solid. Derek King is a heck of a quarterback. You can tell he's played the position yeah. before. What about Miami, Bama? Yeah, they um, they struggled a little bit. As you, listen, Ken, this is such a weird year. I mean, you don't know who's been able to really practice and any kind of interruptions and all this kind of stuff. So you would expect, you know, UAB had a game under their belt. 
Um, they they played a, an FCS team and won last week, and that's a pretty good defense that they have. But listen, De'er, Miami's going to go how De'Eric King goes. They've got to keep him healthy. Um, you're right; the running game looked looked pretty good against what I, what what is not a terrible UAB front. They may have a couple draft picks on that defense, but um, overall, you, listen, you got to take it. You never know what you're going to get in an opener. Uh, especially this year, and against a team that has played a game already, like I said. So overall, I think you got to like it. Um, pulled away late. The defense looks okay. I don't know how good UAB's offense is, but they're they're going to be a factor if they can if they can keep King healthy. They will be a factor uh, in the ACC. I don't know that they're really ready to challenge Clemson, uh, but you know they 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 can keep things interesting and they'll be a factor. Should be a bowl team. Bam! If there is if a team, this year. yeah. If there is a team that can challenge, it might be North Carolina. I'm with you. I saw the yeah. opening line come out. I was doing a little more research here the last couple of nights. A Syracuse. They're starting a former fullback at guard <laughs> yeah. tomorrow against Carolina. But I looked at the offense. I think everybody that's a college football fan they know how the quarterback, but their receivers, couple of big time receivers back this year. That defense, a lot of returning talent there, including a lot of uh, production tackles for loss. From a season ago, Carolina, boy, Mac Brown's got it going very quickly there. Are they the team that can really push them? Do they have a realistic chance, maybe even more than Notre Dame, to unseat Clemson this year? I think so. Um, and listen, I'll be I'll be the first to admit I, I thought the Mac Brown hire was was terrible. Well, I mean, not not terrible, but it, it really took me by surprise. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, is this the best we can do? Is you know rehash a 70 year old coach mm-hmm. who's been out of it for several years, but Players love you know, him, Bama. Give him credit. They do. Give him credit. Give them credit. He obviously knows how to recruit talent. Yep. Um, you know, he did it at Texas and then, you know, for a while. And then, you know, I don't know what happened there. But be that as it may, I think you're right. I mean, this, this is the Carolina team of, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, whatever, that, that was really a force in that conference. And, and I, they've got, you, you mentioned the defense. I think the defense is going to be great. They do have a, a great tandem at receiver. Um, we know about the quarterback. Um, I'm a little tempted to take, you know, I see the lines at 22. I, I'm, I'm would be tempted to maybe take the points, but I, I'm, I'm, I would stay away from personally. I'm staying away from this game just because I think it could get out of hand. And, Again, you, you just you don't know, and this is really across the board opening week. You, you don't know how teams, how much they've been able to practice, how cohesive they've been, who's been in, who's been out, who's been quarantined, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's just such a weird thing now when you travel and you know you have to get tested constantly, you have to isolate. You come, you know, sometimes you you know, not in this case, but a lot of these teams that are closed, they'll come day of the game. They won't even stay in a hotel, so. Um, it's just really nuts, but I to answer your question, if there is a team in in the ACC that can challenge Clemson, I think it will be Carolina. They've got to stay healthy on defense, and if they do, um, you know, listen, they, when we get to the end of the year, it could be fun. But they're they're I don't want to say they're loaded, but they don't have a lot of weaknesses. They're not at Clemson's talent level, but they're probably the second most talented team in that conference. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at them the same way as you are, Bama. Well, let's uh, let's move on from that. Uh, do you have another uh, Trent Syracuse? Anything on 
They're bad. Yeah, okay. They're, they're going to bad. Dino Babers, <laughs> and think of where he was just two years ago. Yeah, that's and a good point. Yeah, that offense, high mm-hmm. powered. They had their quarterback back, and I don't think maybe it's he should have jumped when yes. because he was sought after mm-hmm. at that time a couple of years ago. But I want to yeah, get they your... scared the crap out of Clemson. Yes, I think they that did year too, yeah. I mean, and got him a couple really, of his yeah. first year on that Friday night game. Clemson's only lost yeah, that did. season, what, three years ago now. That's a good yeah, point. It seems like a long time yeah. ago. Bama, uh, I want to get your take on this one. Trent and I have been speaking about it all week long. I think I saw a tweet from you early in the week that you actually saw the Raging Cajuns play at home uh, <laughs> last year. Um, a, what were you doing there? And B, I think this has a chance to be a very competitive football game. I think Iowa State wins, but I think that this is going to be you know well into the fourth quarter uh, before that. The, it feels like Iowa State's going to escape yeah from a betting point ken give me the 11 and a half in the over no. i mean well okay so quick story um i, I was over there uh my daughter at the time uh well, she's still your daughter kid from, well she's still my daughter right yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the time she had a boyfriend who played for liberty uh it's now an ex-boyfriend but we'll get to that you know neither here nor there <laughs> right. um who was a you know an offensive lineman that didn't play um but this was really the closest game that we had uh to us so we drove to the hellhole that is Lafayette Louisiana I, I I did look at Iowa State's future schedule and thankfully There's they're no not return. scheduled to go there <laughs> yeah. because I would just tell Iowa State fans to Skip it if that were the case, because oh my goodness! I mean, I've been to a lot of bad places, and that is right up there. However, I don't know what you know. I haven't done an in-depth analysis, probably near as much as you guys have. I know they have a lot of players back. They are fast. They, these are like little, like two and three star kids that weren't good enough to play, you know, for LSU or you know in the SEC, maybe something like that. But Louisiana. Ken is talent loaded. I mean, they are just one of the most underrated states for, for football talent in the country. And a lot of those kids wind up at schools like like uh, Lafayette, and they just they are they're pesky. I guess is how I would describe them. I mean, Iowa State's going to be in for a battle. I think if this game, if, if if Iowa State pulls away and wins this game comfortably, I think that is a great sign yeah, for them this year. Good point. Because this is just one of those teams. When you, I guarantee you, when that coaching staff's put on the film from last year, and again, you have no idea what you're going to get opening week, but when they look at that, they think, okay, well, this scares us, that scares us, this scares us. They're not overly big. They're not one of these big teams, you know, but man, they cannot, they, they, they're, I guess pesky is just the best way I can describe them. It, it, I, I'm with you. I think this game is, is a football game into the fourth quarter. Um, Iowa State should, I don't even know if they should probably win. They probably should because they're a Big 12 team. They have more talent. And I think really the, Brock Purdy's going to have to play a great game. I mean, he, he he's going to have to be the difference maker. They're going to have to hit some deep, quick throws. And um, I think they can, Bam. I think if there's a weakness, it might be the secondary. I agree. And I just think that, you know, I don't think Lafayette's going to score, you know, quickly, you know, like big hitting plays, I don't think, unless they just pop one, catch them in a blitz or something mm-hmm. like that. But this is a team that, you know, can use these, you know, they'll, they'll try to run 85 plays. I mean, one of those teams. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know what the weather's going to be like. It's going to be hot or, or whatever. It's not going to be hot for, for Louisiana, I can guarantee you. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is up, the, up in Ames, Iowa, it's not going to bother them. But 
Um, this is one of those, I think, Iowa State, you just need ball control against teams like this because your defense will get worn out. If if you go a lot of three and outs, they're going to put up points, and they're going to put up points in a hurry and, and long drives. And I just think it's, this is a really, really, really tough opener for Iowa State, I think. No doubt. Let's move on, boys. we only got like five minutes left to try and stay on schedule. Uh, Trent, uh, Duke's got a transfer quarterback from Clemson. Mm-hmm. Chase Bryce is his name. Uh, here we go, Duke and Notre Dame. That game comes up, what, one thirty? I want to say, tomorrow. Um, any opinion on Duke-Notre Dame? Not on the point spread. I, I think that number is around right. I see it kind of being in that fashion. I, I do think I'm leaning on the under, though. Probably going to be leaning on a lot of unders. I understand college football week one, actually the numbers were up in terms of scoring compared to what we've seen in past seasons, but I like the under in this game. I think you're going to see Notre Dame right away, new offensive coordinator who we saw for the first time last year in the game against Iowa State in the bowl game. I think you're going to see a lot more running of the football. I think that's something they're going to rely on more. Clock's going to be eaten up here. Pretty comfortable 28-10 to 10 type of win for Notre Dame, but I do like the under. Bama, where are you on Ian Book? I've For whatever reason, I'm late to the Ian Book party. I'm just, I mean, I've seen him a ton. He's okay, don't get yeah. me wrong, but man, I see him on draft boards and I'm thinking, really? Um, where, how do you see this game tomorrow, Bama? Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on Book. He's sort of like the, you know, Jacob Eason. I mean, he's one of these yeah. that the, the NFL guys love, but you look at it on the field, and you're like, eh, no, I don't see it. But big year for him. I mean, I like Notre Dame in this. I, if, if you made me take the, the – I would I would lay the points if you made me. I agree I agree with Trent. could be 28-10, something like that. Notre Dame's going to really try to run it, I think. But Book has to have a big year for them. I think this is a good opener for Notre Dame. Usually they're opening with a team like Michigan or something like that. I think this is a, is a nice kind of smooth opener for them. Um, should not be real high stress, if you will. But I mean, I'm with you on book. I mean, I've got he makes some throws, and then you just look at it and you go, and then he makes some other plays. You're like, well, what was he doing? What was he thinking? But I mean, I mean, it, what's this year three now? Whatever it is, I mean, he's yeah, he's got to make some. I mean, he he has to mature. He has to improve. And um, I'm kind of with you on the on the not sure. I guess maybe it's just the measurables that the scouts love, but. When you really look at the production, sometimes you just and and against good teams, I think he'll eat up bad teams. And I think Duke is not a great team, but uh, so I think he'll have a big game. You know, maybe have a big game tomorrow. But uh, I I would lay the points on this one. Uh, you know, not comfortably, but if you made me, I would do that. I just think Notre Dame comes out and uh, kind of punches them a little bit. What will we see in Clemson tomorrow, Bama? They take on Wake Forest. Wake Forest is hopelessly overmatched. Clemson is uh, right yeah. now 33-point favorite. What do you think Dabo wants to see out of his team tomorrow? I just think he wants to see consistency for four quarters. I mean, you know, again, it's been such an uh, – you know, they had a big outbreak, I mean, early. Early, right. You know, in, in the summer. And I hope they should be over that. You know what you're going to get talent-wise. It's just going to be across the board. They just – they, they are – I think they are the standard now. I know a lot of people think it's Nick Saban in Alabama because maybe they've done it for 10 or 11, 12 years, whereas Clemson's been four or five. But they just reload and NFL talent. I just think Dabo's going to want to see consistency across the board for four quarters and not if they get ahead. They still they Saban has a saying. Dabo's adopted it. Just play to the play to our standard. Forget the score. Forget the opponent. Yeah, where they're overmatched. I think he wants to see Clemson play up to what their standard is tomorrow. And if they do, 
then they're going to cover that 33, uh, I think, pretty easily. Uh, Trent, real quick hit on Georgia Tech FSU. Any any opinion there? I do. And in fact, oh. it's part of my picks later on today. Oh. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that one okay. open. I, I want to hear, Bamba, you got anything on that game? Uh, um, year two for Georgia Tech, you know, switching yep. from that, uh, you know, triple option. And they were better at the end of the year, Bama. They were, but man, did they struggle at the yeah, beginning of the year. Um, look, I, I, I like, you know, this is year, what, year one for Norvell for mm-hmm. Memphis. So, you know, how, how's this going to work? Or is, is he going to make the same difference to Florida State that Satterfield did to Louisville mm. last year? If they do, then Florida State, you know, Florida State should have, they've got a talent drain down there. I mean, that's just the bottom line. They're, we're so used to them having Clemson like talent. And it's just suffered the last year or so under Jimbo, and then you know Taggart was a disaster. So, um, listen, Florida State twelve and a half. Eh, I'm staying away from this just because I think Georgia Tech will be better in year two, and I don't know what you're going to get from Florida State in year one. I'm with you. Uh, what game, Bama, will you uh, pay most attention to tomorrow? Uh, I, I'm all over this this Iowa State Lafayette game. Yeah. I mean, if you want one that we hadn't talked about. I'm kind of looking at Western Kentucky, Louisville. I think uh, that's got o'clock, a chance yeah. to be decent. You know, Sun Belt enters, you know, intrastate game. Um, like you said, Slim Pickens. But if if I'm watching one game tomorrow, it's going to be the it's going to be Iowa State because I think this is I think it's going to be fun, and I just think it's going to be I think it's going <laughs> it's just going to be a four quarter game. Yeah, I'm with you, Trent. Obviously, we'll watch Iowa State. Is there another mm-hmm. one that you will watch? A uh, late game. I'm, I'm intrigued. I want to see Kansas. I want to see Puka. He is he's worth the price of yeah. admission alone. And see if Les Miles in year two, they made steps last year. It's not the train wreck that is Kansas football. They're not a good team, right? Not yet. But how much have they improved? A Coastal Carolina team that had them got them last year. We'll see how big of a leap. And Coastal Carolina actually returns a lot from last year's team offensively. They're a fun team to watch. What's the number there? It's a touchdown, mm. right in that six and a half, seven I range. I know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Yes, I got a couple of my picks already. Uh, Bama, we are out of time. Uh, if uh, if the need arises, we see some crazy stuff this weekend. We'll find ten minutes to recap, kind of a opening week uh, on Monday. Uh, if not, we'll talk to you next Friday, Bama. And then after that, we really get into it once the SEC yeah, joins buddy. the fray and the ACC and the Big Twelve, and they're all going. Uh, it feels like it's going to be on. Bama, enjoy the weekend. Thanks, bud. All right, guys, anytime. And always enjoy it. Thanks a lot. Yep, good to talk to you. Bama Bob, Trent and I talking college football on a national basis. We'll do so every Friday and recap on Mondays. Uh, Mitch Holtis next. Yes, he Speaking is. Speaking of recap, the voice of the Chiefs will slide in here. Papa John's. Yeah, here locally sponsors, Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station. By the way, Dave Sproul on Iowa State at 11.05, Tom Cakert on the Big Ten in Iowa at 11.20-ish. Claxons and our picks before noon, 1460 KXNO 10- The Chiefs' kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. The Kansas City Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 54. And they look every bit as good last night as they did on that historic oh Sunday. Uh, Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Papa John's locally sponsors. Mitch, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on, Mitch Holtis. Uh, good to speak with you, as always. You know what struck me, Mitch? 
Uh, I, I, I didn't know what to expect, quality of play-wise. I thought the quality of play was outstanding for no preseason, dot, dot, dot. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised, Mitch. Let's just stop a second, Ken, and try to back up the Papa John's delivery car here. Okay. Do it carefully. One penalty in this game on the Chiefs. Zero defensive penalties. You're playing Deshaun Watson. Zero special teams penalties. It was very clean and pristine for the most part. Some missed tackles. But for the most part, it looked like midseason form. It tells you about Andy Reid and his way to prepare. And these guys are willing to be coached and willing to prepare. Uh, it's something I said throughout our training camp reports. But that's 12 straight September victories now. Mm-hmm. And eight straight September victories for Patrick Mahomes. And they've been hard games. He's beaten San Francisco, Baltimore, at Chargers twice, at Pittsburgh. These guys last night and at Detroit when he had to have a game-winning drive. They're all in September, and that's when teams are at full force. Mm-hmm. They are not beaten up. Their seasons aren't wrecked, and yet the Chiefs have just been so superb in the way they prepare and the way they're coached. Take us into the radio booth last night. You work in with a new crew up there, and, and how different it was for you and your first official broadcast with no preseason coming into it. A bit crazy. Thanks for asking, and Iowans all over the place. i got an Iowa Hawkeye football and baseball player, and then Dubuque native Josh Klingler, who was our sideline guy who really was up in the stands as close as he could get to the sideline. It was a skeleton crew. Honestly, we were only allowed to have four in our crew. I did not have a spotter or a stats person, and normally of our technical crew there would be four. They were allowed to have two. It was crazy. (laughs) It might have been me tonight doing the Des Moines Christian Defenders against (laughs) the Earlham Cardinals, and I'm doing my own stats and doing my own spotting. It was nuts, but, hey, we were playing ball, and it was great. It really was. You know who impressed me? Well, a lot of guys impressed me. Uh, what's impressed me is is the scouting staff finding Legereus Sneed for crying out loud, yep. Mitch. He flashed a couple of times last night. They, they might have some, and they need him, and he showed up last night. Rookie. Well, yeah, and his body type and athleticism, 41-inch vertical, you're talking six foot six one. He's got that new corner-type body um, that you, you like to have, and he's athletic. I mean, he looks kind of like you're when Chris Harris and Akeem Tlaib were in their prime, mm-hmm. uh, but they went after him. I mean, Deshaun Watson goes, we're going after the rookie, and we're going after him with Will Fuller the fifth. And, oh, we're going to go after him from the numbers on the field to the sideline where he does not have safety help. And, again, no penalties. Great coverage on Will Fuller the fifth, who's – not DeAndre Hopkins, but he's not bad. But no penalties, no no illegal contacts, no holes, no grabbing, no defensive pass interference. And, yes, he was very impressive. And you're right, they're going to need him. In a game where not a huge one out of Kelsey, though he had a touchdown, same with Tyreek Hill, the story was Sammy Watkins, healthy, looking as good. Remember, this guy was a top-five pick. They, we know there's a lot of talent. And, of course, their rookie, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Take us into those two skill position guys, and the rich get richer. Let's take the latter first. I did tell you guys during our training camp reports, he, and I said even the, the day he was drafted, there's some Darren Sproles to him. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw that last night uh, where he's only 5'7", so he pops out of the clouds coming out of the, the line. And by the way, Coleccio Simile, was great. Iowa State Cyclone, was awesome last yep. night. He lived up to my what I saw in training camp. But So all of a sudden now you're playing, playing, playing as a defender, and then this little dude pops out, 
and now he's got these skills. So, so if I'm playing zone, which is what Houston did last night, now I'm about eight yards away from him, and he puts a juke move on. I'm, I'm not near him to tackle him. And so, yes, the Chiefs have something there, and he, he lived up to the hype. Um, and so in the case of Sammy Watkins, so all four top uh, receivers last night got six targets apiece. Uh, hmm. I think that's right. No, there were more targets, nine targets for Watkins. But here's the deal. The Texans played the Chiefs entirely different than they did during the regular season or the divisional playoff game last year. Less man-to-man, more zone. Basically what they did, guys, was did what San Francisco did in Super Bowl 54. We're going to try to get a rush. We might do some blitz with Green Dog, some late blitz, and let's get J.J. Watt in there and wreck Mahomes, and then we're going to play our DBs deep in zone. But we're also going to shade our coverage. Kelsey's not going to get 150 on us like he normally does. And we're not going to let Tyreek Hill go deep. So what happens? You go to Watkins. You target him nine times, he gets eight catches. So, uh, again, there's just a lot of things. And I love the, the, big, the biggest thing I loved about this game, other than just the one penalty, is the fact that the longest play in this game for the Chiefs last night was 27 yards. Hmm. And that was an Edwards Hilaire run. Yeah. Why is it a good sign? Mahomes is taking what he's getting. And that's good enough. And red zone and third down, they were outstanding. Indeed. Uh, Mitch, uh, we want to talk talk about Papa John. So 30 seconds on this. It, it looks like the Chiefs clearly uh, have figured out how to put last night. It was just under 16,000, but they were spread out. They were in all corners, upper deck, lower bowl. Um, they did it right, Mitch, and proved that you can have, at least to me, that you can have fans in the stands and do it right. Well, there's only, what, five or six in the league that have decided to Not do very it. many, yeah. Consi- Ken, there's more considering it today. Good, yeah, absolutely. Because they're going, how do we do that? And again, it's the Iowa State High School Activities Association doing it this summer. And they prove you can do it without spreading the disease. You can do it. You can do this. And the Chiefs showed last night they can do it. Watch the rest of the league yeah. <laughs> start to get a little itchy about maybe we'll figure this out. It's a copycat league. Papa John's Mitch sponsors you. Let's talk about them in our final minute. Yeah, no copycat. You really can't copycat them because they're so good. But they've got their JDRF special going on right now. Uh, Through the month of September, it's awesome. Um, There's some specialty pizzas that they have, but they'll donate a dollar from the specialty pizzas. Just ask them or go online and check the JDRF special. But they are such great sponsors of the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Uh, They're they're out. They're great. I mean, they're they're as they're as involved in philanthropy as they are in selling pizza. But a great weekend. Let's go. We're playing ball. We got high school ball tonight in Iowa. Go buy a pizza and let's enjoy some football. Indeed, we'll talk to you Friday before the Chargers. You guys hitting the road, Mitch Holtis. Thank you, Mitch. Talk to you next week. Thank you, sir. Good appreciate it. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, let's dive into the Cyclone, shall we? Mm-hmm. Dave Sproul, K-A-S-I, joins us when we resume. We'll get Kakerd in here, talk about the Big Ten plan. Is there a vote? Maybe he knows. Speculation is there is. Uh, Trent and I will do our picks. We'll give you a chance to win Clax's Barbecue with your picks. Miller and Condon, 1460, KXNO, 106.3.